Hello, hello moms. Welcome to Raising Leaders. And here's my part two on communicating with your teenagers. And I know this took a while coming um, and people have asked me, you know, where's part two, where's part two. So I apologize for the delay, but you know, I had a few family issues going on. All right. So we looked at, you know, some, and, and I must say those are just some, uh, there are obviously more of the changes that begin to happen in your children as they approach teenage and adulthood or young adulthood. Yeah, but today, today I want to examine what, you know, most parents tend to do wrongly in the way they communicate with their children or rather how most parents miscommunicate with their teenagers and young adults. Again, th this is based, this point I'm going to, you know, bring out is based on you know my experience over the years working with children young adults and their families and obviously raising my own three children who have now um, become young adults all right so the first point that i have uh, or the first thing that i want you to remember is that you must be ready to make a shift you know once you're uh, in the past we used to say you know teenage starts from 13 but you and I have to remember now that even though the word teen doesn't, you know, start until 13, when you look at the changes happening in your child, both physically and mentally, uh, you will agree that the experience, the teenage experience is happening much younger in, in kids of today. So I need you to be prepared to make that shift and treat each child individually. I see they are and they are, you know, and, and note the changes in the way your child is talking, in the way they're developing, um, to see whether some of the signs that I talked about in part one have started to show up even when they were 11 or, or 12. Don't get, you know, stuck in, in the fact that they're not teenagers until they're 13, right? Be ready to make the shift. And I know you probably don't want to hear this, but the truth is that your teenager wants some respect. I'm going to say that again. Your teenager wants some respect. And obviously I'm not saying, you know, respect them in the sense that don't talk to them or, or you know, start doing obeisance to them. That's not what I'm saying. What they want is they want you to acknowledge the fact that they're growing. And I think... Um, that's probably a problem that many of us have uh, as parents, you know, because they suddenly just grow. They were just babies yesterday and you look at them bam, and they're, they're looking like adults already. So, but they need you to acknowledge that. And so that rather than, you know, parenting them as, as you know, uh, sorry, rather than, you know, smothering them as, as mothers we tend to do, we want to start, you know, parenting. We want to start um, leading and mentoring, you know, once our children start moving towards the age, uh, the, the teenage, right? And so when I say leading, this is, this is what I mean, and that's my point one. Point one is lead your teenagers, right, instead of mothering them. So I'm trying to define what parenting is now to parents that have teenage children and young adults 
fasting day is to lead them. And this is what I mean. Let them see you do what you're asking them to do. You know, you be the mirror. And this is again where mentoring comes in. You be the image that is. And I'm not saying you do this in a, in, in a, um, you know, in a way to spite them, in a way to show that you're better than them. No, you know, just, just give an example of how they could do what you're saying or what you're proposing. You know, again, another word you might want to replace as they grow into like 16, 17 is proposing rather than saying, I want you to do this, you know. I would prefer that you do this. I would rather you do this. Why don't you consider this? Because what it is at this point is they want some ownership of their life. Because at the end of the day, it's their life. And our job, our job is to lead them, to lead that life uh, in the way God intended. Yeah? Another way you lead them is by showing them examples. Tell them stories of how you did it, how it was for you right okay number two there is listen more and talk less so the, the the role needs to now become balanced because when they were small when they were young all we did was tell them tell them tell them tell them so we were doing all the talking now is a time to listen they've heard all that you've said and they are processing it. And I mentioned in part one that sometimes they see inconsistencies and that's why some of them are angry or they're being rebellious because they see inconsistencies in what you say to them and what your life is, right? And that's why you must start with leading, right? So, so, so they're looking at you and they're not able to judge and they're like, well, you're not all that either. They're never gonna tell you that, but they're gonna show it in their actions they want you to listen to them remember they don't talk much so you want to listening helps you to to draw them out you now have to draw them out right um but often the reason teenagers tend to hold things inside and don't want to talk is they find that many parents can be judgmental can be critical in the way they talk so again, I urge you to listen to the words you use. I say, I say to, you know, to parents in my group that I sometimes would practice what I want to say to my children before I say it, because I want to be sure that I'm picking the right words and I'm not hurting them, you know, in, in, in the way that I'm trying to help them because we're trying to help them. We love them, but if we're not careful, we're going to be hurting them more. All right, so they find us a bit judgmental. So try to be less critical and listen to their hearts, right? Listen to their hearts. Listen to what they're saying and what they are not saying. You can only hear what they're not saying when you listen to their hearts. You know where their pain points are, right? Okay, number three, be a parent and not the police. You know, many of us, uh, uh, parents and, and that's you know uh, what, what kids tell me when I work with them is the, the parents especially the moms are more like police they're always looking for something wrong you know there was a child that said to me you know well my dad 
it's okay if you you know do your exam pass your exams well it's you know he really talks about it but when you do something wrong then he 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 wants to jump through the roof he's he's, he's angry he's he said well how about all the things that i did right right so so let's not be the police let's not be too quick to point out the things that they're doing wrong you know uh, a parent complained to me that the child used to be very clean but now in teenage they don't clean their room the room is always filthy and all of that and you have to tell them to go so i said i said i said to her i said give him ultimatums give him you know just tell i needed to clean your room i'm coming to inspect your room tomorrow right instead of keep telling him clean your room clean your room you know it becomes a song after all and and uh, after some time and and they become desensitized if you keep saying the same thing over and over and over again they become desensitized you don't want that you want your voice to still have power and authority all right and so remind them but maybe in different ways instead of saying it the same way over and over again right number four affirm them in less obvious but specific ways so instead of saying something like i know you can do it or you're very intelligent or, or smart boy they find that patronizing and they hate it they don't want you to patronize them you know they want you to validate that <laughs> there's a difference you see those expressions will work for children that are younger they want to hear that oh you're fantastic oh you, you know you can do anything you but once your child starts gets to the point where they're trying to discover their true selves different from who you have been telling them they are it doesn't matter how much you tell your child as a kid that they're good that they're intelligent that they're uh, smart or that they're beautiful from the age of 13 maybe 12 sometimes even younger they then now begin to soul search and begin to self-evaluate themselves and oftentimes they find themselves um, not you know good enough and that's why we say low self-esteem so it doesn't matter it does matter what you tell them let me not say that. it does matter what you tell them but you now have to say it differently when they're a teenage because they're processing it differently right so if you say something like you know do you remember when you won the gold medal at, at the race you know take their minds back to the things they did well but be specific you know make specific references to specific things that they did that's how you validate them as teenagers right you know say things like I like the way you do this or you know I was waiting for you to come back from school because I know that you can fix this for me that's how you validate teenagers and young adults yeah all right so number five they may look like you but they are not your clones I need you to remember that that's really important these children may look like your children may look like you but you must remember they are not your clones and i got this point from working with a young adult um and we were talking last week and she said parents need to remember 
that their children are not their clones. <laughs> and you know, I had to go back and think as a parent as well. Because I have a daughter that looks like me. Everybody says she looks like me. She acts like me in some ways, in many ways. But in some ways, she's very different. And I struggle with that sometimes. I struggle with that. And so you probably do the same. But when this lady, this young lady said this to me, I had to take it on myself first. And I'm giving it to you now as parents to also take it on. Your children are not your clones. They have different DNAs. They have, you know, different personalities. Yes, there's some things they will do exactly you, the way you did it. But there's some things they will do differently because, again, you have to remember that they're growing up in a different environment than you did. And so what we need to do as parents is regardless of the environment that they're growing in, we want to be there to help and guide, you know, such that they become the best, the best version of themselves, not the best version of you. Not the best version of your husband, but the best version of themselves. This is critical to remember, all right? Now, the last point that I have there um, is be prepared to seek professional help for your children. Be prepared to seek professional help. Now, this is where I find a lot of parents of teenagers and older kids wanting because we are afraid of the stigma we think when we seek professional help for our children then there must be something wrong with them then then they become labeled or as crazy or schizophrenic or you know whatever but that you need to look at it objectively the, your children from you know sometimes I've, I've worked with kids from the age of 10, 10, 9 in an, on an occasion, you know, because it's better to say a stitch in time saves 9. When you notice that there are early indications of problems, that's when to, you know, nip it in the bud. Don't wait until it becomes a major issue in their lives. First, it's to cost you more time because second it will cost you more money because they may have to go from one professional to another they may start with a you know psychotherapist they may need a coach you know what i mean so don't overlook the early signs because these children are teenagers they're trying to figure out their lives and and that's the reason many of them are acting up that's the reason many of them are angry they're trying to figure things out and you're probably the last person they want to talk to about their failures and challenges they want to talk to somebody else it's not you they want to talk to because they fear that you're going to judge them they fear that you're not going to listen to them you're just going to come to a conclusion and give them a prescription they're not looking for a prescription they need help to sort it out themselves don't forget that and that's what a coach brings into the picture and if, if your children have gone through some traumatic experiences then they need a psychotherapist to help them unravel it's like knots in their minds they need a psychotherapist that would help them unravel and untie the knots in their minds and then a coach comes in to help them move on 
because for as long as those things are there in their mind, they can't move on. They can't move on, right? It doesn't mean that they're crazy when a child needs a psychotherapist or even, even a psychiatrist. It doesn't mean that they're crazy. It just, needs, it just means that they need help. And as a parent, you must be ready to give them whatever, whatever help they need. And I'm going to conclude with this. The biggest help our children need today in this world of today, you know, whether they are four years old or 40 years old, is prayer. They need prayer. However, however, one of the most important work of prayer is that it awakens us to do what we must do. So when you pray for your children, be attentive to what God would ask you to do for them. What help they may need, external help. The fact that you're the parent doesn't mean you have all the answers. You don't. It takes, they say it takes a village to raise successful children, right? And so when God tells you what help they need or who can help them, you must then go ahead and do it. All right? I wish you happy parenting. This is Coach Lara at Hope CL. Be sure to listen to my other podcast on HopeCL at anchor.com. And let me know if it can be of further help to you and your family. Also, if you'd like to join our mom's prayer group, please reach out to me on social media at Coach Lara or Coach.Lara or wherever you got this podcast from. This is the concluding part of communicating with your um, teenagers. If you have other topics, other issues you'd like me to address on this podcast, please send me a message. In the meantime, be well and God bless.